Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the DNA podcast. I've forgotten what one it is now. I haven't got a clue, to be honest. Should probably check that before I started this, really. But, wow, what a month I've had. Oh, my life. Not on a good side of things, but oh, just, uh, just so much going on. It's unbelievable. This time of year is always hectic for me on the filming front with everything and yeah I feel like my head's gonna blow up I honestly do it has been a manic manic month since we last spoke and on the very last podcast obviously was the second part of Jason Trott's interview and yeah went down amazingly I think personally just due to some of the feedback that we've had from obviously all of you lovely people that have been sending us wonderful messages about that interview which if you if you haven't listened to it I said you know if you want to find out more about DNA how the company started the name everything the ethos behind it all and the love and care that goes into it then it's all on that podcast the second part that I did with Jace first part was all about his angling second part was all about obviously DNA as a company so well with the things that oh man that I've had going on I think last time I spoke to you I was just about to go to carp in the park and yeah I was doing a talk there for the first time doing a talk at carp in the park which went down um delightfully I think due to obviously getting a few laughs with having the first part of my talk all about Mark Simmons. And yeah, just, you know, everything that I do there, a little bit of background behind, obviously, Mark's fish farming side of things. You know, the guy has been fish farming for as long as I can remember, to be honest, many, many years. And, and yeah, so I spoke a lot about that, which I think a lot of people found interesting. I think more people found interesting the uh, pranks that I pulled on Simo. And, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I think that went down all right. Uh, obviously, a lot of bleeping going on. There was a few children about and what have you. And then that evening, or Saturday evening, should I say, we decided to play football. You know what it's like when you've got a load of geezers about and a bit of leather starts getting kicked about. You've got a couple of beers inside you. Next minute you think you're Eric Cantona and you're running around like an absolute lunatic and you pop my knee. And, well, I am still suffering today from it, to be honest. Well, I say I pop my knee, I honestly thought I'd broken my leg, as dramatic as that sounds, but... But yeah, my, le- my knee had sort of like, just a little pop sort of in something, you know, and you cut the beers in me, ah, oh, no, nah, that's all right, carry on running around. And I carried on running around a bit more, and my leg just bent in a way that it shouldn't have bent without it snapping, basically. And yet, it, um, well, I was hobbling around for the rest of the show, and I'm still hobbling about today, and I think that was about four weeks ago to be honest and I've been in and out of hospital every single week since I did it I've had physio I've had x-rays I haven't obviously broken anything but I've done something ligament wise in my knee 
and yeah, I'm suffering bad from it. I've just recently had an MRI scan, so I'm waiting for the results of that. By the looks of things, and now the sort of doctors are talking, it looks like I'm going to have to have bloody surgery on it, which isn't ideal at all. So, yeah, yeah, I'm hobbling about with a knee brace on at the minute, struggling to do anything at the moment, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's one of them things, I suppose. It's a lesson learned. I'm not as young as I thought I was anymore, unfortunately. So... So yeah, that is a nightmare. Well, more of a nightmare was the fact that when I went for this MRI scan, I locked my keys in the car somehow. I just, oh, and then the police turned up and security turned up because they thought I was stealing the car. And I had, to, I had to call the RAC out and I was on the phone to the RAC at the time. The police had turned up. They were like, oh, whilst I was on the phone, bear in mind my phone only had 10% on it. So I had to like talk quickly to the RAC dude who on the phone is saying to me, oh, I won't be able to get into that car. No, I don't think. I'm like, look, mate, you just need to come and try. Please just try at least. And and yeah, it was an absolute drama, to be honest with you. And in the end, we had to, well, we had even more of a drama trying to get the car started. We managed to pop the door a little bit, tried to push the push start in the car. That weren't happening. So in the end, we had to fish the keys out of the bag that they were in they were sat on the passenger seat oh it was just one nightmare after another and there's just been more and more nightmares going on in my life since then so yeah not a lot on the fishing front for the start of this podcast as i'm well aware but you know i'm just venting to all of you guys out there that are listening to this hopefully you haven't turned off already on the fishing front again that hasn't been the greatest. It's been a real weird month. There's been some mega, mega weather. And I don't know if I'm missing it all or... I don't know if I've done something in a later life, you know, for God to be punishing me this way. The, the carp gods are not shining on me at the minute. I've been out, done a couple of filming shoots. They haven't. They just haven't gone to plan. You get... When you go out and obviously going out to do a film, like a fishing film as such, going out with a couple of the lads and you've got, you know, you've got the film planned in your head when you're driving there whilst you're there and every, And when it doesn't go the way you want it to go, it just, ah, oh, just, it's soul destroying. It is. And I've been out on a couple of shoots and they've just broken me, unfortunately. And then I went out and filmed a shoot with uh, Bradley Walker, who is uh, obviously fishes for DNA. He's a cameraman at Fox. He's almost um, my my little cameraman, should we say. Um, yeah, Bradley co- co- comes out, films all the Mozaverse stuff, basically. So, uh, so, yeah, he's not my bitch. You know, that's what I was leading towards. But, you know, he's uh, he's near enough. Apologies, Bradley, if you're listening to this, mate. But, yeah, we, we all know what you are to me. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, went out with Bradley and had a lot of bites at night you know we were filming a film for that you get bites at night it's not ideal by the time you got the camera stuff set up the fish is nine times out of ten it's in the bloody net they never pull as hard at night do they the fish and and whatever so that was a just a, a bull lake basically it was nice to catch a few fish for that shoot but geez, yeah when you when you're filming something and you get bites at night that isn't ideal and man the weather oh just the minute it was like the minute you'd get a camera out, bright sunshine, 
the minute you press record, that'd be it. Heavens would open up. It was almost like a button for the rain just to... Ah, oh, just... Wow. Yeah. Um, it's been a struggle on the filming front, put it that way. So... I needed a break, so I, I took, bear in mind the kids are off school at the minute. My missus went on holiday, so I've had the kids for the last week or two, and she was having a nightmare on the holiday. We won't, I won't bore you with all of that. So I, I managed to get the kids out on the bank, well for like twenty four hours, and yeah, I managed to work an absolute leviathan on the North Lake over at Raysbury. I looked an absolute giant, got me weeded up, put the rod down. I thought, you know, it was a big fish bite from the get-go, you know, a little tick, 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 tick on the spoil, you know, the, the alarm's not screaming, so did it, did 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 I thought, here we go, ran down it into the rod, just sort of like gently powered off and then weeded itself up. So I put the rod down, Lewin's up at this point, he's like, you know, what's going on? I said, well, I need to put the rod down, mate have a cup of tea, and he's like, why is the fish gone? Then I had to explain to him, you know, what you do. You don't pull their heads off. I just, I could feel in me bones it was a big one, you know. And um, 10, 20 minutes passed, picked the rod back up, and he's come out of the weed. And the fish is up on the surface straight away. And it was, I'd had the bite at about quarter to four. And this point, it's about quarter past four, I would say. And it's all gloomy, and you're just about getting your vision. And this thing's up on the surface, just wallowing about and big like heavy weight as I'm dragging it towards me and it's about three to four rod lengths away from the bank and now I've got like I've got vision of the length of this carp and oh man I'm shitting myself I'm properly my legs are going and well one leg's going the other leg's strapped up obviously and and yeah like I've just said to Louis just keep quiet be quiet for a minute and he knows you know when 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 I've put that stern voice on he's just sat there silent net in his hand just looking out at this fish that's up on the surface wallowing itself towards me Lewin's gone to me, do you want me to net out? I said, no, you can't because the, the swim that we're in is really shallow, so you've got to sort of wade out. It's in the secret reedy, you've got to wade out a little bit. Just as I've started to wade out, fish is up on the surface, it's coming closer, it's about two and a half rod lengths away at this point, and it's giving it like a bit more of a kick on the surface than normal nukes come out. Oh, I can't tell you how much I needed that fish just to just to get my sanity back a little bit i was only saying to bradley the day before on the phone i need a carp just to sort me head out with all the crap i've got going on at the minute and that would have really really lifted me spirits to be honest and yeah losing that one oh just there's no pain like it is there when you lose a carp you just i know it's not as bad as losing part of the family but it ain't it's bloody close let me tell you i was absolutely suicidal i was oh i was heartbroken and yeah that's hurt me you know and, and that's been my last trip out to be honest i did have another bite later on that day it didn't feel half as big as that fish it sort of powered off him through a load of weed beds and unfortunately that one fell off which just didn't hurt me as much as the first one, to be honest. I was still in pain from losing that bloody first one. And, oh, if there's a pill you could take to make you all forget the ones that you've lost, then please get in touch, because I need one at the minute. I honestly do. Oh, man. 
So yes, that's that. Um, apologies, because obviously there's not a lot of um, joy in the start of this podcast. And I, like I've said, I, I need to vent at someone, so I'm going to have to vent at all of you guys, unfortunately. But but anyway, um, on a brighter note, to be honest, got a lovely podcast coming up. With that, I must say, obviously, that day that I actually lost that fish, my spirits were lifted because Nicky Mills caught an absolute giant. He had roids out of the island lake. I got a call. Are you over at Rate? Yep, coming. Went over there. Oh, to see that fish on the bank was absolutely amazing. Got some mega, mega footage of that fish. Yeah, watch this space for a video coming soon of that. Oh, what a carp. Absolutely amazing. The only unfortunate thing, it was raining. What a surprise. It was pouring it down. I mean, it was a struggle to film, but I've looked at the footage. I was scared to look at the footage, to be honest with you, just to, due to how much rain fell on me and Rupert was there as well from Cartwell. He was taking fire. He was having a nightmare, obviously, as was I. But I've, looked, I've checked the footage and, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing with the footage that I've got. And in all fairness, I think some of the stuff that I've got is probably some of the stuff, the best stuff I've ever shot. I'm buzzing, buzzing, buzzing with that. So, yeah, my spirits are now, you know, relit after filming that fish for Nicky. I'm glad I got the phone call. Glad to get over there and film that one for him. Absolute mega fish. And like I say, yeah, stay tuned for a, a video which will drop at some point on the dna youtube channel right i am gonna like there's many many more things that i could whinge and moan about but i'm sure you've all had enough of me and um, my moaning and this that and the other um so i'm gonna dive straight into this interview that i had with alex bradsby bradsby i'm sure i've said that right i think i said it wrong at the very start of this podcast we we recorded this a few weeks ago. I swear I got his name wrong. I think I got it wrong then. I am useless at people's names. It's because I'm so thick, unfortunately. My reading's terrible. One of them things, unfortunately. But hopefully you'll all enjoy this interview. Alex has got, you know, he's he knows a lot about bait. He created a bait many years ago. I heard through the grapevine that Alex had... Uh, had created this bait that was you know special in other words and yeah he uh, you know has got a wealth of knowledge about bait I tried to get it out of him what this bait was about and obviously that will come up in the interview he's angling as well he's a sort of you know a bit of an under the radar type of guy likes going places places where he's a bit left alone and you know it, uh, he is um what should I say? A bit of that, you know, the old school type angler, I would say, Alex is. And, you know, he fishes the odd place where you perhaps shouldn't be fishing. But, you know, the time and effort that Alex puts into his own angling is, you know, phenomenal, really. And some of the fish that he's caught have been phenomenal as well. So, yeah, hopefully you all enjoy this interview with Alex. So welcome to the podcast, Alex Bradsbury. No, no, wrong. Brands. Bransbury. Bransbury. Ah, Bransbury. right. Bransby. Yeah. Right. There B-Y. we go. <laughs> That's a good start <laughs> for me. They're getting your name wrong. Bloody hell. But um. Everyone does it. Yeah. Well, I, mate, I'm a nightmare for getting people's names wrong. I do it all the bloody time. <laughs> but um, well. 
I will leave that at there, but yeah, not the greatest of starts. But we're currently out on the bank at the moment at Bishop's Bowl. Ever been here before? Uh, yeah, I've come here to we came here last summer to do a product shoot for Tracker, and it's uh, such a lovely backdrop. I thought, few mm. fish about what better place to come down and yeah, uh, mate. the yeah. other couple. Yeah, it's a it's a random place, isn't it? It's proper random. Yeah, I bet I don't know how many lakes are here. How many lakes? Are it, you know? um, I think there's sort of several, isn't there? Sort of seven or eight lakes, I believe. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, ranging from sort of, an, well, tiny, literally some around here, like half an acre, right yeah. to this one, which is 24 acres. Mm. Greenalls. This is a mat. It's got sort of like, how would you describe it? It's almost horseshoe shaped, in what? Is it horseshoe shaped? It's... It kind of is, yeah. You've got this massive sort of, one side of the horseshoe is like quite, oof, hello. Yeah, once, once the horseshoe's quite sort of narrow, isn't it? Then yeah. it opens up to this side of the horseshoe, which widens right up to about yeah. 120, 150 yards, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks about that. And it's got sort of these white clay cliffs that, I don't know, looks like God's work, doesn't it? Yeah, you it's know, pretty almost. unique. Yeah. It's, really unique. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Prehistoric looking place. Yeah, it Feel is. Like you're going to yeah. turn round and look at the rock face behind you and see half a dinosaur sticking out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. I like it. It you? is. It is very cool. So we've, we're out um, and we're doing a surface fishing film, obviously, at the moment for, yeah. for yeah. DNA sort of thing, which has gone well. Uh, well, yeah. it's gone really well, to be honest. It's been tough. It, yeah, there's been patches where I was kind of, we just wanted, go on, one more, one more. Yeah, yeah. And getting that sort of syndrome. But, um, yeah, it came good in the end, didn't it? It did, yeah, yeah. It has been good, definitely. And, um, yeah, there's been some nice fish caught on this. I'm, far, I'm yeah. thoroughly looking forward to putting this film together, to be honest. Looking and forward to seeing it, mate. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. It'll be, um, it'll be make for good viewing for everyone, sort of thing. So. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we're... Um, so, talking about fishing and all that, let's touch a <clears throat> bit on your angling and stuff. Uh, I sort of consider you as a bit of an under-the-radar type type angling that you sort of do generally is that yeah. would that be right to say yeah generally yeah that's i think that's a pretty fair thing to say i haven't always been like that kind of as time's gone on and sort of the scenes changed i've sort of gone away from fishing busy sort of circuit waters and sort of gone off the sort of circuit i suppose you yeah. could say you know just looking for that extra bit out of my angling not just you know, not just going somewhere where there's a stack of 40s and you're going to fill your album within a season. I'd much prefer to have sort of the peace and solitude and be able to angle without anyone sort of messing it up, really. So, yeah. you know, if I do mess it up, then it's my own fault. I can't blame it on any other anglers. Mm. Um, because of that, I, you know, it's... Because of that, it's, you know, I'm not hauling. Um, but when I do get a bite out of these sort of off-the-radar waters, it means more to me than it would going yeah. down... Sort yeah, of a day ticket, ones. I suppose, you know. What sort of changed um, from you doing that, from going to the sort of circuit waters to sort of that solitude um, angling as such? I don't know, I can't really put my finger on it. I think, I think it was just a sort of... I sort of grew up fishing the rivers, you know, um, on your own, you know, just having a stretch of river and meandering down there and doing your own thing. Um, and then I got in, more into the carp thing and the sort of still water lakes, you know, syndicates, busy day tickets, you know, and you're catching your first 20 and 30 and even 40 pound fish. And then you almost, you get to a point where you sort of backtrack a little bit and take a step back and think, love for catching fish, don't get me wrong, but 
I've got to a point where there's almost something missing. I've sort of forged ahead and gone like, right, you know, let's catch up for, I want a 45 pound common and a whatever mm. mirror. And then you sort of backtrack and think, actually, you know, you can catch a, some of these prolific big fish waters, you can catch a 30 or a mid 30. And that's by the people's sort of view, that could be seen as not a great capture because there's so many other big fish. Well, it is a great capture, you know, a sort of 30 pound plus fish is. Mm a great capture in anyone's eyes um, but yeah so it's a sort of uh, I don't, it's difficult to describe really yeah so I've sort of t- taken a step back from the sort of busy busy places and sort of I'm, I'm looking you know I'm looking at things like looking at the history of old waters going back onto old club waters that everyone overlooks and even looking for sort of ones completely off the grid where you don't really know what's in there. Sometimes you don't even know if there's any carp in there at all until you put the groundwork in. Mm. Um, and when, you know, you might see your first carp and you, there's no sort of form to a water you find on Google Earth or something, then you go wondering and, you know, you see a carp there and it might be might be a 20-pounder or it might be a 50-pounder, you don't know. But even if it is a 20-pounder, you know, that fish has probably never been caught and doesn't know what a boilie is or a rig is. I think there's sort of a sort of age of innocence with that that really attractive to me to yeah fair. yeah wicked so do you tend to sort of like hunt single carp down is that your thing would you say you, you you're a hunter of a certain fish that you might obviously even know about or perhaps <coughs> don't know about or is that uh, yeah 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 i certainly yeah yeah um i like going fishing the quieter waters for just to catch whatever's in there because it's it's the whole mystery of it but also, if I'm walking around a place and I see a big fish, I think bloody hell, I need to I need to get them out together and try and work out how I can catch that fish. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, for example, you know, I sort of last year I had sort of two targets in mind. One was from an old club water that everyone thought the fish had been totally ottered and everyone left it alone, um, and I kind of everyone left it alone you know it's always no one's down there and then I sort of kept walking around thinking they can't have all been not every single one of them mm. and then I see a a nice common under the lily pads I thought bloody hell there's still fish in here decent fish as well um, and on further ex- inspection I, I sort of because it was only two three acre lake proper overgrown like literally left to ruin almost and um, I, I spotted three carp and I kept on seeing the same three carp over and over again you know, there's sort of a high 30 common, a sort of another common was mid 20 in a mirror that was sort of low 20. And I kept seeing them free fish over and over again. I was like, right, there's free fish in here. Um, okay, the biggest one's still sort of mid 30, high 30. That represents a, a viable challenge for me. Uh, and I'm gonna set my stall out to go about, go about catching it sort of thing, you know, and, and, I, and I did. Um, and I caught it sort of, would it have been probably May time last year, spawned out, uh, back end of May spawned out, and it was like 33 pound. Right. You know, probably when it was full, it was near 38, but it spawned <coughs> yeah. out, and that was like, there was such a buzz from, because people didn't really know there was much left in there, yeah. do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like the sort of mystery had, had sort of come true sort of thing, you know, but uh, yeah, and then the other water fish was sort of a, a public park lake that you're not technically you're not really meant to fish right fairly well known about big common in there 
Um, how, so can, how come you can't fish this place then? Is there, um, is there reasonings behind I why think there's no, no... Yeah, I don't think they really want anglers around there. You know, it's a public park, you know, and um, there's still the perception of anglers. Certainly carp anglers aren't aren't good people to have hanging around public park lakes, which, mm. as we know, isn't necessarily the case. Like, no. Uh, for example, while I was fishing the place, I was quite often picking up litter that the general public was throwing down, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I was almost leaving the place in a better state than when I found it. So yeah, so from this small uh, forgotten about club where I then moved on to this, um, so I don't know, 15, 18 acre sort of gravel pit that was a country park. Uh, very sort of popular with youngsters sort of just misbehaving and going for a swim through the summer and dog walkers and it was just never ending really. But I stuck with it, hid myself away and um, kept baiting an area. Uh, and it came good with a the big fish that was in there. It was a common, and it was 48, and I had it wow. sort of the back end of October. Um, so that was a, a lake. It was probably about, say, about between 15 and 18 acres, and I think there's about nine or ten fish in there. So low stock again, uh, but I'd seen plenty of fish, and, and this big one was the target, and wow. yeah, I was lucky enough to catch it. Yeah, amazing. But it was a relief, because what you had to put up with to... I was going to say, yeah, like elaborate on some of the missions that you'd have had to have oh, done mate. there. That Yeah, just, I mean, I wasn't the only angler fishing it. There was probably sort of two or three that set the sights on it, but you, you couldn't stomach long periods of time targeting it because you'd have to be enough. I mean, I, after catching that sort of 33 out the out the low stock, forgotten about club water, um, I went on. I went on to there straight away and that would have been sort of just into June around the country park and it was just horrendous mate. I mean it was really warm by then and mm. I was trying to bait up and I was trying to get the rods in position just before dark and you had had kids literally swimming through your area and it was just a bloody nightmare. So um, so I decided, you know what, this isn't going to get better through the, sc- uh, through the school holidays so I'm going to pull off and, and set my stall out towards the end of September when kids are back at school and, yeah. uh, and it quietens down with the cooler temperatures. And, uh, yeah, that come good, mate. Come really good in the end. Couldn't have uh, planned it any better. Yeah. So, sometimes yeah, I don't always go like that, but uh, no. you know, yeah. So when you luck's in, you luck's in. Yeah. What an amazing fish. Was it? Is there yeah. many others in there that you? I think there's about. I think there's about nine, nine fish in there. Um, I think there's another mirror. It does forty, but I kind of the common, the biggest fish in there. The common was my main target, and sort of, if I'd had the mirror first, I would have stayed on for the common. But yeah. then I had the common first. It was like. Job, like, job done. done like, yeah, I've had yeah. enough. Like, I don't think <laughs> if I do another six months on here, I'll be even greyer. Right. So, uh, yeah, I thought I'd. Uh, yeah, very yeah, cool. Did you know the gear. other anglers on there? Were you helping one another out? Or no, was not it at all, all just, mate. Not no, at all. Just... It, was like, it, it was like you didn't even speak to anyone else. It's almost like a dirty little secret that you were on there <laughs> fishing. <laughs> so it was quite. It's almost like if you were fishing on there, you'd think you'd had the place to yourself. You'd see someone baiting up right across the way, like 300 yards away, can make them out. Yeah. Or, or you're just trying to get to sleep and you could hear boilers just going into the water, like 300 yards down the bank. You think, oh, I'm not the only one doing it. Wicked. You'd never bump into each other. No. You'd kind of have a bit of respect, you know what I mean? Yeah. I sort of had my area that I planned to do a bit in, and yeah, and everyone else played ball, so. Yeah. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So what what sort of um what sort of area did uh, so where do you live at the minute? Do you live in Cambridgeshire? Is no, that... no, I li- I live in uh, Northampton. Northampton, um, right? Yeah, so in the sort of the Nen Valley area. Yeah. yeah. So pretty blessed with quite a lot of water, yeah. really. 
Yeah. Down that region. Do you do much fishing in that area? Is that yeah, where you concentrate most of your angling? Would you say, or do you travel f- further afield? Or I have to travel further afield. I've travelled into Cambridgeshire a few times. Uh, Bedfordshire. You know, back in the day, I fished St Ives Lagoon for that for that big fat lady years ago. Oh really? Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did. How did that go? <laughs> Well, it died on me, didn't it? Oh, so, you're yeah, joking. I, no. I was there for its last ever capture. It was pretty epic. Yeah. yeah oh, so you, get, you got bank. to see it on the bank. Oh, yeah, amazing. What an amazing fish. Yeah, um, awesome carp. But yeah, you know, can't last forever, can it? And no. Bless her, she passed passed away and it was an end of an era. So, you know, move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Was Colin, that's where Colin lives, is that right? Uh, so, no, Colin's in Shallow Pit across the road. Right. Is that not all part of one complex? It kind of is the same complex. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, St. Ives Lake. That didn't interest you at all over there? or um, I suppose at that time, Colin, wouldn't, how big would Colin have been at that uh, point? Sort of pushing up to mid-40s, I suppose. Oh, would it? That big already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's a pretty decent fish. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's one of them really, isn't it? it kind of, there's so many places to fish that, you know, you don't know where to go next. No. You, know? you don't know. You might say, oh, next year I'm going to target that place because it's quite quiet, and then you'll get there and all of a sudden there's loads of tickets sold on it and you can't, you know, it's yeah, changed, the dynamics yeah. changed all of a sudden and you're not going to, you're not going to feel the same way about it. So with targeting quite, you know, off, off the radar waters, you pretty much know you can angle how you want to angle. Yeah. You might not catch a, a shed full of fish, but the ones you will catch will be, will be special to you because of how you've gone about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you, um, <clears throat> so you work within the fishing industry. And that is, so you work for Tracker. Yes, yeah, so I work for Cypher International, Cypher, who yep. who, uh, who own uh, Tracker, Aqua, and Signet Tackle. Um, yeah, so I work as an account manager. So my job involves going around the country, um, uh, representing those those brands, and um, yeah, just uh, visiting shops, drinking tea, and, and and selling them gear. Hopefully, right. Yeah, so you get to meet a lot of. Uh, a lot of good guys, a lot of different characters. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, to be fair. It's do great. you? Yeah. It's, it's, how long have you done that for? Uh, well, it'd be about five years now, I reckon. Time right. time flies, yeah. It's gone really gone really quick, really. It's, um, I've enjoyed every minute of it, you know. Some, t- some days are better than others. Some days you get stuck in traffic for five hours. Other mm. days just goes yeah, to plan. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, just great seeing how sort of the industry pans out and... Yeah, new products come along and it's there's a buzz about them. It's yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cool. What did you that. what did you do before beforehand? Yeah, nothing like sales before. To be fair, I was um, I worked in sort of a biochemical uh, plant, if you like, formulating liquids that ended up in sort of baking ingredients like high food technology oh, right. uh, depot, I suppose you call it. Yeah, so that was interesting, but yeah. totally different. Mm. Yeah, totally different sort of scene, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it nonetheless. But cool. um, yeah, I prefer this job a lot more. I'll yeah, say that. <laughs> yeah. Being so, with um, what I love. my understanding is, uh, I, I think I met you years ago at a, uh, a tackle shop day. I think it was, and um, that's right. One yeah. thing that stood out was um, your knowledge about bait and stuff. At that part, I think we were talking about bait and. Uh, and um, you can tell when someone knows a lot about bait, you, you can tell within minutes of speaking to anyone that, you know, even knows things about bait or don't know things about bait. Like myself, I know 
hardly anything about bait, you know, I let um, other guys do it. But Sometimes it's easier not to know much about well, bait. Well, I think so, I mean? yeah, because, uh, yeah, fishing's hard enough as it is sometimes, yeah, exactly. thinking about this, that and the other, let alone thinking about it. So, so how did that sort of come about? Was that, that a bit of a hobby for yourself or is it? You know, it um, kind of was, yeah, yeah. I, I just love tinkering with uh, ingredients. Uh, probably from my previous job, you know, we used to see lots of different ingredients, and I used mm. to be like, oh, that'd work really well in that, and that would that would complement that ingredient wonderfully at that level. It, it, was know, there anything so was ever it, revolutionary that you it, that you found that perhaps you could never get your hands on unless you worked at that place or anything like that? Or um, not well some of the bits and pieces are really expensive so you wouldn't it, it wouldn't be financially viable to put them in a bait really mm. but you know if uh, if money was no issue you, you could definitely make advancements on bait formulations compared to compared to give you know, us an example of there's plenty of money know. men out there that, that are willing know. to buy <laughs> yeah. I can't know the, the, the internet's a wonderful thing mate it's amazing what you can uh, what you can source off the internet if you're willing to spend half an hour trawling through come on let, let us into this secret do you still use it to this day stuff like that is that something that you keep you know no, well what basically what i was doing is um uh, so my sort of love of bait formulation is like everyone you know you're tinkering around with little rolling tables and making bait up and using it and i came up with a recipe um and i let a few mates know that are fishing sort of high pressured big fish waters um and I said, you know, I, I, actually, you, talking about it, I, the f- first formulation I made, um, I used it on an estate lake a few years ago, and it, and it, it ripped it apart. You know, I'm not the best angler in the world, but I will say that bait must have made a difference, um, and with the bigger fish as well. Was um, it a hook bait, or is this a, this? A, no, no, this a is this bait. is a batch of bait, but you wouldn't want to put it in great amounts, really. Um, not not in the first. Um, first sample was a bit ambitious probably um, and if you'd have knocked it up sort of 10-20 kilos at a time it yeah you wouldn't want to be doing that too often but because of the expense yeah because the like, expense really yeah um, yeah so I was making it small batches like two three four kilos max and using that and, and did really well on it um, and then I started tweaking I sort of worked out what was making the difference and then I thought well I can't financially do it to that level and carry on using it, so I tweaked it. Um, you know, just adding a few nice bits and pieces in in different different elements to the bait that weren't so sort mm. of expensive. I'd increase them. We're not talking about cutting the bait and bulking out with cheap crap. We're just talking about making some sort of tweaks that would still make it just as attractive, but more sort of financially viable to, for, to make it just for yourself. Mm. Uh, did really well on that bait, and then um, got it got it to a, a price where I could I could afford to make it for myself. And then, um, as I say, I had some good mates, big fish anglers that are fishing high pressure venues, um, and they were quite interested. They saw what I caught on it. I was like, oh, any chance of some of that? You know, it's like mm, not really up to making big batches of bait. Mm. So, oh, come on, we'll pay. I'll pay you this amount for it. I was like. Phew. Well, that's viable to do it, do you know what I mean? I haven't yeah. got overheads, it's not a business. Mm. Then I, I did that, knocked up, and then his mate wanted some, and his mate wanted some, and then, and then all of a sudden I was like, bloody hell, I might be able to make some out of this. Yeah. Um, and I did for a time, I did for a time, and it caught a lot of fish, caught a, caught a few sort of 
well, I caught a couple of £50 commons out of it. It seemed to do really well with commons, strangely. Did it? It did. It was really bizarre with the commons. Wow. Yeah, really bizarre. There must have been something in that, but, yeah, I couldn't quite work it out. Um, so, yeah, they did really well on it and sort of escalated from there, really. Um, but the thing with bait is every man and his dog at the time was doing it and everyone wanted it for five or six quid a kilo yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like i can do it but i'm i haven't really got the time and i'm not making anything out of it for to make it worthwhile for me doing it um so in the end it was kind of like right do i push this to the next level or do I just keep it keep it to myself uh and it was literally at that point that uh i saw this job come up with Cypher. Cypher, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with and that. And then um, I kind of went down that route and something had to give and the, the bait had to give. Right. Um, yeah, so it's a great period. You know, it's great to come up with, create something that, yeah. that not just you use and, and have results from, but other people. Uh, but time moves on. Yeah, I'm quite intrigued, to be yeah. fair, of what this little... So what yeah. have you done with this? Have you just shelved it? Is it something yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, i just shelved it. Now. Just shelved it for the minute and... Um, yeah. And yeah, would you would you think that you know perhaps making hook baits of this sort of concoction that you did would you would you find that would be viable potentially perhaps, yeah. or anything like that? Yeah, or potentially. Is... It's funny. A good mate of mine, uh, Lee, he, he good mate of mine. He was kind of following me. He he was one of the first to get a bait off me, and uh, I saw him the other day, and he he had two pots of. Um, hook bait still right. the original mix it was like oh, look at these babies i'm not letting these go <laughs> i was like oh man i haven't got any left at all like right. not, not even a pot of pop-ups or, or sort of hardened hardened dumbbells as mm. well i was doing at the time right and he, yeah he's still got some the, the original recipe very so, cool yeah but there's some great baits out there you know it's not the be all and end all no of course still no, got to put course. it in the right place at the right time well yeah yeah um i don't think there's any particularly magic bait out there no but there's certainly better bites than others, mate. Yeah. Without a doubt. And now you're with DNA and, and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so how long have you have you been with DNA? It's probably something I should know by now. It feels like you've been with us forever, though, no, to I be honest. No, I haven't, mate. I haven't, um, mate, to be honest. It's only probably been a couple of years. Right. Yeah, probably been a couple of years. It was... Um, I mean, I've known about DNA for quite some time, obviously. Um, mm. I've known about the quality of, it, quality of it and stuff and watched the company grow. Um, sort of organically, which is nice to see, you know. Yeah. I haven't really pumped the marketing out of it to get it going. It sort of the quality spoke for itself. Yeah. I knew all about it. And um, it was actually Chris Bones Holmes. Bonesy. Bonesy. Our, our yep. old mate Bonesy. <laughs> so he, he's my colleague. He's been my colleague for sort of three or four years now. He does my job for the west of the country. Right. And he kept saying to me, oh, what are you doing for bait? You really need to get on the DNA. I was like, mate, yeah, I need to see some samples. And uh, I think Jace kindly sent me some samples down. I went through it all. Uh, to be fair, there was all four baits were there, and I went through them all, and I was like... Because I kind of like to think I know what I'm looking at just by yeah. breaking a bait open, tasting it, and throwing it in a pot of water for a day or two. You can kind of get a good inkling of the makeup of the bait and sort of the, you know the quality of it almost mm. um and yeah i was very impressed with it all to be fair um so yeah that was it that was job done i was kind of yeah fully intrigued to to use it in, in greater quantities and and get it on the old hair rig and yeah i haven't looked back really it's done me 
done me well so far, Good. definitely. Good, long may that continue. Yeah, so absolutely. With your, well, your fishing is such at the minute, you've got um, missions on the go at the minute. Is there, is there you in pursuit of a certain carp at the moment? or? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. There's, uh, there's one I know exists and one... I think exists. Right. Uh, right. It, it, two different waters. So one, I know, I, I joined um, a sort of small syndicate this year, sort of localish water. Um, it's kind of, yes, yeah, it's, it's different. You know, it's a very shallow lake and there's an awful lot of ducks which present a lot of, it. I'm really happy to think about it. You know, it's not just a case of spotted out a kilo of bait in the right area because you just get absolutely mullered by mm. by bird life so you really got to think about what you're doing else else you're not really fishing efficiently yeah um so that's that's all right yes there's, there's a good fishing there i'm i'm sort of going to stick with i've not to be fair this year's been a funny old year because um i've just had a newborn um newborn son arrive into the world sort of a few weeks ago so my fishing almost at the minute is sort of taking a back seat mm. but it doesn't stop us thinking about it all the time, does it? And making no. little plans in our heads. So, no, of course, definitely. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, like the other water. Um, the other water, I can't really speak too much about. Um, I don't even know what's in there, but I think I think it's, it's going to turn out a really special fish at some point. Right. But I've got to commit you. myself. And when you're committing yourself to something when you've not seen anything yet, um, is hard to do yeah. without actually seeing concrete evidence that yeah, that fish yeah. is in there. Um, but time will tell. I mean, like, you know what it's like through the winter, you're not getting out on the bank and you're like, oh, making plans for the year ahead, what are you going to do? Are we gonna, am I going to have time for that? I mean, by rights, because I've got a working man, big family, I shouldn't really be taking on these sort of missions, to be fair. Um, but I just can't help myself, mate. No. I just can't help myself. You know, even if it means catching two fish a year, or just just the way I, I love doing it. Um, but I mean, it's like I remember it's like January just gone. I went down because it's really overgrown this pit, and uh, took took a big saw down. I chopped down. I was, I was sort of envisaging the layout of the lake. Where's the best place to get in without being seen and tucked <laughs> away? And yeah. you know, where realistically can I get in regularly and have to bait it up through the year? And uh, yeah, so I. I decided to cut myself this sort of cut down a couple of trees basically to fit in, and it's all it's all set up ready to go. Like, right, do you know what I mean? Wicked. I've took a, I've had a bit of bait trickling in there with not major regularity yet. Um, probably about every fortnight, I put bait this area up, and um, yeah, start when I think the time's right. Hopefully, it will be in a couple of months. Probably, I'll start stepping up the baiting, um, stepping up the baiting, and then hopefully by that time and also what's what's good about sort of technology these days is i've got one of them fish spy things so yeah this area where i'm baiting i can't actually see the bait but what i can do is i can bait up and i can go back four or five days later and i can check it with the camera yeah wicked. i can go like i can either go like oh that's not been touched or let's just leave it another week i'm not going to put any more in or you might go there and it's like oh it's been cleared wicked this is this is good to go again lights yeah you know what i mean so you can gauge it through that without without having to climb trees and sort of, you know. Yeah, which surprises me in a way that you've sort of embraced that technology side of things. Because I, I find um, you speak to sort of 
other old school anglers as such that are doing these sort of bait missions and stuff like that would, wouldn't dream of using something mm. like that. Is, is technology something you've embraced in your angling, do you think? Or uh, is it is not, this... not readily, really. I mean, I've only just got myself a decent sort of portable charger. Right. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, um, and it just curiosity, really, with the whole underwater whole underwater yeah. camera thing it's just yeah. like another world down there and it's just so much you don't see so much we're missing it's just nice to get a glimpse even if it's for a very small camera for a few minutes mm. um but i mean obviously technology's definitely there to be abused um but I, you know it, it's good for certain things but obviously with with other things it can be abused and turn turn what should be a really sort of organic pastime into something that's sort of yeah. controlled by yeah. drones and bait boats and yeah, all the rest of it, yeah. sonars. But, you know, it's, it's all got its place in certain situations, I feel. So with um, so with the mission that you're currently doing and stuff, will, will we ever get to see a photo of this special one if you have it then? Or Yeah, hopefully. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, right. So, yeah. so the world will get to see this um, this special one that that you're after at oh, the minute. It'd then. be nice to keep it to yourself, though, wouldn't it? Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Just, just have it in your back pocket. Well, I don't know. For a rainy day. I wouldn't mind seeing it myself personally. I might well give you a call, mate. I might well give you a call. Yeah. Yeah. Come Mozart, up. Mozart. <laughs> at four in the morning. I've got it. Yeah. Wicked. Right. Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Alex. You're welcome, mate. And, I really enjoyed it, uh, mate. And uh, I look forward to seeing that photo. Mega. Or coming to take the photo. No pressure. <laughs> Top man. Cheers, Cheers dude. dude. Bye, mate. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that interview there with Alex. I'm sure that phone call for him catching that big un will be sometime soon no doubt he doesn't half catch him does alex so yeah that's it that's another podcast done and hopefully next month is a lot better for me to be fair i've got a lot of big fish angling to be doing next month abroad so hopefully i can start that podcast on a much brighter note talking about brighter notes thank you to everyone that has left us a review massive massive thank you to each and every one of you it does help us and uh yeah we really appreciate everyone's review that you've left for us so far so if you haven't left us a review that's a bit of a pain in the ass but if you've got a minute just leave us you know a review on itunes and uh, that would be great so until next time see you then